Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome back to the Deliciously Stellar podcast. Today, I am talking to registered nutritionist, Laura Thomas, who is going to tell me all about coconuts. Coconut oil is not only not good for us, but it may actually be bad for us. So um, although I do really, really, really love gluten, I have just eaten a gluten-free cake and it was actually really, really delicious. Um, it's from this place called Pearl and Groove, which is a bakery that's in Notting Hill. And um, they're very moist, very moist gluten-free cakes. I thought they might be a bit dry and crumbly, but it's absolutely not. I think it might be full of almonds, which makes me hate myself a bit, but it was delicious. Hello, Laura. Hi. Thanks so much for coming in today. You're very welcome. Very excited to be here. So first of all, can you tell me a little bit about what it means to be a registered nutritionist? Sure. So a registered nutritionist is sort of a semi-protected term. So the uh, Association for Nutrition, who are part of the Nutrition Society in the UK, are trying to get it a, a legally protected status, kind of like a dietitian, so that people who don't have degrees from accredited universities can't call themselves nutritionists, and they definitely can't call themselves a registered nutritionist. So in order to become a registered nutritionist, you have to have gone to uh, an accredited university, gone through a proper program, and you have to submit sort of a portfolio of evidence that suggests that you abide by the, the code of ethics in order to practice nutrition and that you also practice evidence-based nutrition. So you look at the scientific evidence to inform your practice rather than just making shit up but, that you read yeah, on a blog. Yeah, I mean, there does seem to be, you know, quite an abundance of made-up bullshit, nutri-bullshit, nutri as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. You can buy a nutritionist course off Time Out magazine currently for about £30 and over the course of one weekend you become an expert in diet, wellness and self-improvement. Exactly. Whereas... I trained for over 10 years at universities. I have a PhD in nutrition as well. So it's really frustrating to see people who have about as much education as my cat, you know, spouting all this nutrition information like they're experts. And, and what's really upsetting about it is that people buy into it and believe it. It can be quite detrimental and harmful to their health, ultimately. Yeah, I know that's what I'm worried about. But I'm just trying to think, like, maybe someone could literally just get their cat to read out reasons to give up gluten on Instagram. And that well, would be the next big thing. Free. Your cat's gluten-free? My cat is definitely gluten-free. <laughs> is it actually? <laughs> well, I mean, they're carnivores, so they should be gluten-free. <laughs> I'd be worried if he wasn't. 
I don't know. Those those cat bites look like they might have gluten in, but that you don't think they do. I don't know. I'm going to go home and read the uh, Dreamies label now and again. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Just in case, your cat could be a celiac, and you could be poisoning him slowly, poisoning him with <laughs> gluten. Okay. So what we really want to talk about today is um, coconuts. So coconut oil seems to be something that has just like flooded the market for middle class white women. It's like, <laughs> oh no, olives are bad now, and coconuts are the only oil that you can ever use. Right. So can you please tell me a little bit about why you think this coconut oil business is a bit of a myth? Well, actually, it's not just me who thinks, you know, I didn't mm. just come up with this no, theory that uh, coconut not, oil was bad. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, all I mean to say is that the uh, Nutrition Society, actually, sorry, not the Nutrition Society. This is the British Nutrition Foundation, who are a slightly different organization, but same sort of gist that they advocate for evidence-based nutrition and for the advancement of nutritional sciences. And in their nutrition bulletin earlier this year, they came out with an article called Coconut Oil, a Nutty Idea. And essentially, they had noticed what you're talking about, that this sort of explosion in um, coconut oil, coconut oil-based products. And they were like, hold on, what's the deal with coconut oil? Where is this coming from? So they went back and they reviewed the scientific literature. And essentially what they concluded was that coconut oil is not only not good for us, but it may actually be bad for us. No, it's not bad, is it? No, actually, it's bad. Oh, oh God, I love, I love the glee in my voice. <laughs> the thought that coconut oil might be bad. Down yeah. with roast potatoes that taste tropical. Right. And so so the, the rationale behind this is that coconut oil is around about 92% saturated fats, which to put that into perspective, butter is only about 60%. Not that you should be going ham on butter either. I love butter. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But... You know, you're not going to like add it to your coffee and your smoothie and everything else that you're eating every single meal of the day. Maybe you will. I did think about eating it off a knife on its own the other day. I'd spread some on my toast and then I was like, oh, there's a bit left. And then I realized that was absolutely disgraceful after I'd done it. I don't know. But I won't do it again. Because it's mixed in with the crumbs as well. That's it. Yeah, that's no. the tasty part. It was absolutely not acceptable. No. It was awful. But my mum does stuff like that. My mum's addicted to butter, so like it's been passed down. It's a genetic thing. All right, I'll, I'll let it slide then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the problem with saturated fats then is that they can raise our LDL cholesterol, which is the bad kind of cholesterol, which can raise our risk of heart disease. Mm. And heart disease is one of the biggest killers in the UK. One or two, depending on which statistics you look at. So coconuts kill. Yeah, they're evil. <laughs> they're going to get you. Um, so I don't know if you, just to, just to put that into perspective again, yeah. we're supposed to keep our saturated fat levels to less than 11% of our calories. And so that works out at about 20 grams for women and 30 grams for men. Now, if we consider that a tablespoon of coconut oil has about 13 or 14 grams of saturated fat in it, that's sort of two-thirds to three-quarters of your saturated fat intake gone in one tablespoon of coconut oil. So that's pretty, that's pretty terrifying. That is nuts. And, you know, there's people who, like, put it in their coffee. I mean, there are many people who use it as moisturisers, even as sexual lubricants. I mean, fair enough. Use it to take off your makeup. It makes a great sort of body scrub for exfoliating. But just don't put it in your fucking smoothie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, also, why would you want your smoothie to be oily? Surely that takes the joy out of what would be a delicious smoothie. Yeah, because it leaves that kind of, like, weird 
film in your mouth. Have claggy you that? is the word I yeah. would use. A claggy feel. Ooh, that, my boyfriend likes that word a lot. Does he? I'm it's not sure how one. I feel about it. Now that I've said it twice, I really like it. Claggy. claggy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so my favourite food of all time is actually bread. Just bread. Well, actually, I think just like all gluten-based products. So pastries. I really, really love pastries. Like, nothing gets me going like a croissant. My sister once ate so many croissants that we teased her that she needed to go to Croissants Anonymous. She would um, she would go into work and she would have two croissants on the way to work. She sort of confessed this to me like a really dirty secret on our way home once. She was like... You wouldn't believe how many croissants I've been eating lately. As <laughs> croissants, croissants are like the Katrina Younger crack. Yeah, no, I would have loved it if she'd been wearing a berry and a bret on top. I actually, yeah, no, there's a picture of me on Delicious Stella eating a, a croissant in a bret on top, just to talk about how annoying it is when people are like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm on my way to France. But I don't know how you can't believe you're on your, on your way to France when you booked your ticket. Like you boarded the Eurostar. Surely you've booked accommodation. You knew you were going. You must be able to believe it. You must. So, obviously, we think that coconut oil is bad, but mm-hmm. there surely there must be some sort of health benefits to coconut. There must be something that's made these people decide that coconut oil is actually good for you. Yeah, so a lot of the, the studies that coconut evangelists point to mm. are actually really poorly done, for one. So, for example, they've done a lot of studies on, like, 10 people. But a lot of the the studies on coconut oil are actually done on um, animals or in a test tube. Right. So obviously that's really difficult to extrapolate onto people, but they like to do that anyway. Mm. So it's this idea of taking the headline of one study and just saying it applies to everybody without kind of looking at the whole literature or the the preponderance of evidence, as we like to call it. Great word. But the, the studies that have been done on actual human people where we feed them spoonfuls of coconut oil, immediately their LDL cholesterol pops up. And then as soon as you stop feeding it to them, it goes right back down again. So right. it's, it's pretty difficult to argue against. Yeah, I mean, I as, as a human being who has high cholesterol, in spite of being reasonably small <laughs> and doing quite a lot <laughs> yeah. of exercise, I have really high cholesterol, but it's, it's apparently it's not the bad kind. But it would be if I ate a lot of coconut oil, right? Yeah, no, that would pop up your, your um, LDL cholesterol. But yeah, some people just genetically have high cholesterol. And... You know, as long as you're doing the other things like you're eating a bunch of fiber and you're working out and you're not smoking, then you're probably going to be fine. But what worries me is the people that have the high cholesterol that are eating shitty diets and not working out. And then they think, oh, I'll just add a spoonful of coconut oil and everything's going to be fine. Mm. And that's not really the reality of it. So what makes people think that coconuts are a superfood then, do you think? So there were a couple of studies that sort of reported that coconut oil could help people lose weight. Of course, everyone wants to lose weight. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. So there was one study uh, on weight loss where they told women to replace their, their cooking oil, their normal cooking oil, with either soybean oil or coconut oil. Um, and then they found that both groups ended up losing weight, but both groups were also cutting their calories by about 10% and they were walking for like an hour a day extra on Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Top of their normal exercise. So obviously they lost weight. So again, it's kind of like jumping onto a headline without actually looking at the details around the study mm. and just jumping on a conclusion. Well, I think that's what people do with juice cleanses, isn't it? They're like, oh, oh when I juice cleanse, I lost so much weight. Of course he lost loads of weight. All you did was drink juice, which was incidentally full of sugar, which you happen to think is the devil. Exactly. And that's one of the things that really upsets me about the whole clean eating trend is that there's just such a lack of understanding and awareness about carbohydrates and how they're metabolized in the body. And so, for example, you get a lot of these bloggers who are like, oh, don't eat pineapples and bananas and all these tropical fruits because they're too high in sugar. And then the next minute they're talking about pouring date syrup all over their food or eating uh, baked sweet potatoes. When in reality, the sweet potatoes have a glycemic index way higher than a banana or a pineapple. So it's just this lack of understanding of how the foods even work in our bodies. Yeah, I mean, I have a psychiatrist who's obsessed with talking about the propensities of bananas, and I hate bananas. And she's wait, what's the problem with bananas? No, she loves bananas. Oh, she loves bananas. Yeah, and she said that like one of the quickest ways to like stable mood is to eat a banana a day. And I'm like, but I, I don't like bananas. What can I possibly do? And she's like, you will find a way to like bananas. I'm Otherwise, like, you're going to be clinically depressed? Yes, or? yes. So she believes I'll be clinically depressed <laughs> if I don't find a way to like bananas. She was like, eat them with yogurt or put them in a smoothie. And I was like, no, but you don't understand. I don't like the taste of bananas. Like, I really, really, really don't like them. So what's her solution? There like isn't Xanax? one. There isn't one. I'm going to die without bananas. Yeah, bananas or Xanax. <laughs> these are my options. <laughs> these, these are literally my options. Like, learn to like bananas or take all of the Prozac all of the time. <laughs> I made a new friend this week. His name is Leon. And I told him that I'd do this podcast and he got really excited and he's made me promise I will tell this joke that he told me on air. And I'm really sorry, but um, I'm going to do it. So (laughs) his joke is, I went into the butchers the other day and a guy offered me eight legs of venison for 180 quid. Went home to my wife, I told her, and I was like, what do you think? Eight legs of venison, 180 quid. Is that too dear? I'm so sorry, that was so bad. <laughs> but boom The problem with all of this stuff is that, well, what really annoys me is when you see on Instagram, like, an avocado on toast with an egg cooked in coconut oil with a side of bacon and somebody calling that a healthy breakfast. Because it's this concept that, and I know everyone hates this, but it's everything in moderation, you know? Mm. A little bit of avocado is great because it has some mono and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Great. Too much avocado, like anything, it's just going to make you fat. Mm. Avocados make you fat. It's not a popular sentence. No, it's, it's, it's not cool. But 
The other thing with having too much fatty foods in the diet is that it displaces other important nutrients like fiber. So what I'm seeing when I'm working with clients and I'm, I'm analyzing their diets is that they're eating sort of 50% of their calories are coming from good fats. But, you know, that's at the expense of fiber. So you can't eat so much good fat that fiber becomes unimportant. You, you need to balance the two things out. Yeah. So one thing I'd like to know is in the absence of coconut oil, which oil is best to use? <laughs> and you're actually going to hate this. Um, is it a bad one? No. Well, it depends on your perspective, I think. But from, okay, I'm, I'm not going to claim I'm an expert on this and I'm kind of trying to weigh up all the options myself. Mm -hmm. So I think it actually goes back to olive oil. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Love it. Or I think the new one that everyone's going to get really excited about is avocado oil. Oh, God's sake. <laughs> but I'm still kind of reading through the literature and trying to, I'll get, I'll get back to you once I've made a decision. But actually, I prefer to try and get all my fat from the food that I eat. And then when I'm cooking... Again, you're probably going to hate this, but I try and like if I'm making a stir fry, I'll just cook it in like some tamari or um, soy sauce or just cook it in vinegar. I know your face is <laughs> But yeah, mm. you no, know, honestly, trust me, it works. It's called steam frying. And steam frying. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not really. It's a thing. I don't do a lot of stir frying, but I'll try it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if you're like braising, I don't know, some, some vegetables or something, mm. you can use just like a balsamic vinegar or or whatever kind of vinegar you would yeah. use. Okay, so obviously you and I share a belief that this wellness jargon thing's gone a bit too far, that none of it's really backed up by science. Um, but still, they are being given this massive platform to tell people what to eat, how to eat, like what to wear, what to do. <laughs> like, what do you think is going to be the thing that just hits people over? How do you think people are going to find out about, well, other than via this podcast? Right. How do you think that people are going to find out, like, that the myths about coconut oil, like, are real and that avocados aren't necessarily the best thing in the world? Yeah, it, it's a shame that scientists, research scientists and, and dietitians and registered nutritionists don't have more of a platform. But something I'm trying to do in, in my work, I write a lot for the Huffington Post, where I write about a lot of these myths and try and shut them down and, and actually use real credible science to, as a, you know, to base my argument on. So I think if more people could do that, that would be great. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of these people are really pretty and have a lot of money and have a lot of time and are very privileged and, and have such a big platform. Mm. Um, but there have been a few things in, in the press recently that people are kind of getting over the whole cleaning thing and they're starting to ask for more science and ask for you know, what's really going on. I think there is a bit more interest in there. I've seen a real turn, like I think even in the last couple of weeks where people are really sort of getting getting yeah. quite hot on it. And I think people didn't really expect it to get as big as it did. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, I, I think people are starting to catch on. And another thing is that there's just so much wildly conflicting information out there. And people are sort of like, well, what, what am I supposed to believe? I want the truth and in order to get there, we need to look at the science because that's the thing that's going to get us the closest to the truth in the long run. 
Yeah. I think people are just like looking at them going, please make me rich and thin like you. And it's like, yeah, well, you kind of need their parents in order to have done that. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's genetics and the class system. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So I think I think there will be a turn. Yeah, I'm enjoying the turn. I like to think that I've, I've slightly helped push towards it you've you've definitely played your part yeah keep going yeah I've done, keep I've, fighting the good fight I've, do, I've done my best <laughs> like when it first started out I think it was really well intentioned I think the, the, these, these girls were like this has mm-hmm. worked for me maybe it'll work for someone else I'm gonna really get behind it mm-hmm. but since that moment they must have been on the internet or opened a book and they must know it's wrong and yet they're still going I don't know I've I've spoken to a lot of people who've done these sort of pseudo nutrition courses um and i've looked at the curriculum and and they they put it forward in such a compelling way that people really buy into it but there's no real science there to substantiate it mm. or back it up so they they've bought into these things so hard there's a concept in in science called confirmation bias which is where you only seek out information that backs up your your hypothesis that you have. And so I feel like that extends to what's going on with a lot a lot of these these people. And like you were saying, I, I do believe that it was really well intentioned at first. And I think it's great that people are are creating these recipes that have more fruits and vegetables and they're encouraging and inspiring people to eat healthier. It's just a shame that they're missing that nutrition training like that legitimate nutrition training because what I'm also really concerned about um, and what I'm seeing is people kind of going too far and too deep into it and getting too concerned and coming out with an eating disorder with orthorexia yeah yeah. Yeah. or anorexia or bulimia like they're all on the same spectrum yeah and it's a real problem something that's really struck me recently is um how many parents or like my friends of people my parents age get in touch with me and they say I'm so glad you're around because my daughter got really into those books and she actually genuinely got an eating disorder yeah and now she's obsessed with what she eats and looking at you makes it easier because she sort of she can laugh at it and she can sort of step out of it a little bit and I'm like god that's so nuts yeah. it's taken me strapping hula hoops to my gut <laughs> to sort of go hey maybe we shouldn't like try and replace a complex carbohydrate with courgettes. Right. And call it a meal. Exactly, exactly. And something that I like to talk about on my podcast, um, I've done a lot of work with people who have had eating disorders, sort of as part of my nutrition training. And it's it's something that I'm really concerned about and really passionate about. And so on my podcast, I, I try and get a lot of body positivity people on there to just say you know we don't have to look like this one very specific aesthetic Mm. that there are other body shapes and there are other body types and you can you know eat your cake and eat a mars bar whatever it is that you want to do and still be healthy and still be pretty and confident and all those things so you can actually have your cake and eat it Well, that's all for this time. Thank you so much for listening again to the Deliciously Stella podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and follow me on Instagram. See you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Next time.